You ready to go, babe? Why? Because I can. Why did you have to I can. go there? I actually do that out in the wild. You're not the only one who gets the babe. I'm not the only babe in your life? No, no, no. hate to tell you. there's. I have multiple babes. Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. And today's topic. What is today's topic, Josh? The cost of quality. The cost of quality. And how you as a technical leader can work with non-technical executives or whoever is a part of your organization and help them understand the real cost of quality and how to invest in it. And we get into all kinds of crazy discussions about leadership and how hard it is and how sometimes there's nothing else to do but just go have the hard conversation just go have that hard conversation uh, the cost of quality is another way of saying it is like doing the right thing or mm-hmm. would, would that be fair yeah right making sure you know build it build it right mm-hmm. etc so it's really that investment in doing the right thing in your products and investing in not just in years ago i coined this term featureitis so mm-hmm. it's the world is not just about investing in features. Right. It's much more balanced than that. So how do we get there? Yep. So that's what today's topic is about. Uh, other announcements. It's springtime, so I'm sure Bob's going to be all over the place. At no. Well, uh, well, uh, next Maybe next week, like next week, week soon. next week, Orlando Star East. Okay. Be there, be square. Mary uh, Thorne and I are down there. I'm doing a couple uh, half day workshops. Right. So that's in Orlando. Uh, what else is coming up? Scrum gathering in May mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Austin, Texas mm-hmm. is coming. So it is conference season. It is. I did you know I was uh, keynoting at uh, Agile Day Atlanta? Excuse me. Uh, opening keynote. Wow. Uh, opening keynote. Uh, it's a real privilege and an honor. You're spending the first fifteen minutes talking about me. I'm talking about you. Like absolutely. that's that's the keynote. Because Bob you're talking about Josh. I actually i I think it's like an hour or so. Oh, good. Yeah, I that's have nice. so many stories to tell about you <laughs> that I could I could be there all day. That's fantastic. I should probably now you've you've piqued my my interest. <laughs> I should do a Josh talk. If you do that, I mean, it's you'll never do nothing but keynotes, right? I, you'll be of, of course, of, might, co- of course, people will be beating down my door. Yeah. Uh, and then like an agile Cincy sort of thing, right? Yeah. In, the, in the home, in the, in the town. Yeah, yeah. So, so yes, there's a lot of, uh, conversation. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. Yeah. I've, I've created, I don't know if you've noticed, I spun up a new website. Oh, I it's call, official. It's official. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm blogging on it. Let me Google this right Things now. Agile hyphen moose. <laughs> That's right. The moose. The moose is loose. Agilemoose.com. Holy cow. If we can help a moose become more agile, then we can help you too. Oh, oh baby. <laughs> what, a t- what a line. I'm a marketing machine. Moose tracks. Moose tracks. Oh, uh, man. This is crazy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my, this is my personal place uh, that be, to post things that are sort of inappropriate or not right and not aligned <laughs> with my my uh, company, the R. Galen website. So uh, I just posted something on safe this morning. Nice. Uh, et cetera. So uh, yes, pay attention. Everyone, Metacasters, look look for the booze out there. 
The moose is loose. There's so many bad <laughs> I know, I know. puns coming. Okay, uh, so let's wrap it up. Let's get to the episode. Absolutely. And- Hope you enjoy, Metacasters. On to the episode. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And glory be to all. <laughs> I am world. Bob Galen. So I'm back. Easter, I'm back, Metacasters. Like- I, we're back. I'm back. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. Bob's I mean, we haven't seen you... Forever, don't blame it on me. No, I didn't blame it on you. you I said I haven't you seen you. It was it was there. It was an accusatory tone. All right, do you want me to just take it? I'll take it all in my yeah, bed. Well, hey, I, it's my bad, Josh. Just throw it. You're yeah, right, okay. Metacasters. Well, I, I'm glad we have that. I have now. you have my sincerest apologies for the delay in the Metacast. <laughs> right. He's been a busy guy. He's got a new uh, company he's working stop with. Whining, stop whining. Stop Stop throwing. I'm, you're throwing I'm me under to, the bus. I'm trying to help you, It's Bob. not helping me. to help. I, oh, he's a busy guy with Let that little help. snarky tone to your voice. Yeah. He's a busy guy. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> okay, okay. Enough Let's mix it up. Let's okay. mix it up. Let's okay. get into it. We started talking, and then Bob, for the first time ever, told me to stop so we could get this on the medicine. Could we go? I'm trying to set the mood. I'm primed. I'm locked. And freaking loaded. Okay, so today's topic is the cost of quality. What? The cost of the cost of quality. I won't do an echo. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So this is centered around those of us that are in organizations that are wrestling with old, tired infrastructure projects, products. Um, and now you're being asked to deliver more on top of those bad things, and you understand that you're just piling. Bad so it's on technical top of debt. It's, so it's so it's. It clo- is, I get. I get it. I'm not trying it to reframe is existing technical debt, but also not allowing yourself to create more. So technical so stop debt. digging the hole, mm-hmm. and then correct correct the landscape. Right. right. Yep. So that's what you cost of quality. Okay. And where I've spent a lot of time of late is helping other companies that are wrestling with this people in a technical leadership role of some flavor that are struggling to get other executives or people that they report to, to understand the true cost of quality that if you want it built well, it might take a little longer, but there is benefit in the end. So that's where, that's where I've been spending a lot of my time and I want to get this out because I know there are other people that I'm not able to talk to that are wrestling with this. I'm going to try and solve this problem in as many different directions as we can. I mean, I, I, as we were talking in the pre, in the pregame. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a real big problem. I think it's relatively straightforward. Great. Well, let's make this the world's shortest metacast. And you just so no, no. Why don't right you, now. why don't you keep whining about no, it? No, and then I'll come in and then I'll come in at the end and my little you, cape will be furling. Don't you start with me. What? Yeah. You said you have the answer. Let's not waste people time. Let's give it to them. No, I mean, I, you said no one has this problem. I, you're tell you're calling me. A no, no, I'm not. I'm saying it's a, it's a problem. I see it a lot, but I don't think the solution is that complex. Okay. I, I think it's, it, I think it's cheap. Cheap, lazy leaders mm-hmm. who don't trust their teams mm-hmm. and the advice that they give them related to investing in the product. I, I think it's as simple as that. If I, I, I agree, it's that simple, right? I then think what? So, so sh- we listen to your teams. We we need to have some really hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm not joking, right? You hired me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a new you're a newbie here, correct? Yep. Relatively new. Uh, someone hired you. Mm-hmm. God, I don't know what they were thinking. 
but but <laughs> you pointed them in my direction. That's so. true. Oh, oh, they came back to haunt me, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, I did. But um, it's it's like, I mean, you brought in. Let's use you yeah. here. And I don't know if you're to have technical debt here, but it's it's not. Let's not even make it about here. Mm-hmm. But someone hired you. Uh, they brought in a heavy gun. Mm-hmm. You have you have loads of experience. Uh, you've turned around organizations. You've turned around technology, and I think I'm, again, I'm just saying, I, I'm, it's a complex problem. But it's not. It's a trust. I think. I think Without it's a, a trust yeah. issue. Right. It's that's the simplicity of it. It's a trust issue. I mean, you hired Josh. Trust Josh, mm-hmm. right? Or fire Josh. But if you if you hire Josh and then trust it, trust him and his recommendations. If he tells you you built crappy code. On a how you know if your product is built on a house of cards for the last five years, mm-hmm. uh, and he makes recommendations, then trust him. Right. And I think there's a lot of excuses around that, like show me data. I've seen a lot of leaders mm-hmm. that they'll push back. Oh, you know, it's we don't have a hundred points. Can what can you get do in a you know? So they negotiate via points, and they throw you a bone. Like here's one point, Josh. You can have one point per quarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please make it better, or or what? Or they uh, they play the game of we you know we have a billion dollars. We don't have the time. It's we're in featureitis or what? So I think there's a, a lot of excuses i understand it there's business pressure etc but at some fundamental level i think you trust your your technologists uh to incrementally like put together a plan right to incrementally fix this thing yeah so i i feel, so push back on that i, I just yeah. I, I see it again i think it's a medicast i worthy. get it and, and, and i feel lucky here because i was hired with that intent of hey josh we're asking you to come in and fix these problems we have so very early, it was clear. I said, hey, these are the things we need to fix. We need to fix them now. And I was empowered to go do that. From So from day one, I had everything I needed to go make the changes that were required to get the ball rolling in the right direction. Where I've been helping a lot of people across the board has been people in those situations where that trust isn't there. So how... It's obvious that they're in that position because that leader doesn't trust whoever was in that role before, so they brought somebody in new. How does that person then gain or acquire that trust of that person actually lets them do the things that need to get See, done? See, I think it's like a catastrophic conversation I, or mm-hmm. a crucial conversation. Right. I, re- I think back, uh, so there was a guy, Mark, uh, at Channel Advisor, and Mark, when I joined Channel Advisor, every year... He had a PowerPoint deck, and he presented it to uh, Scott, right, the CEO and the CTO and the entire leadership mm-hmm. team. And I think when I got there, it was like version 7, so right. s- the seventh-year version. And uh, he talked about refactoring, mm-hmm. and he talked and he presented data, and he presented uh, where to attack it. And he presented a risk mitigation path, and he presented all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we and he had an I forget the name of it, but it was like it was the Mark deck. It was the and it was almost like he was going to the mountain every mm-hmm. year. Right, he went to the mountain, and every year the mountain didn't listen. Right, and the mountain wasn't willing to pay for it. And the next year the deck, so the deck historically increased. It got longer. It right? got longer. <laughs> yeah. It got worse. Right. Right. 
it got worse and and it was like it was like I, it was almost like a biblical thing where I pictured him in robes right <laughs> with a camel right. and he's going through the desert to talk to the wise men and the wise men sort of said no mm-hmm. now what I heard after I left so mark mark left mm-hmm. and then I think the deck stopped at version 10 mm-hmm. and but then what I heard and I'm, I'm I'm almost positive this is true because of of the progression. At one point, they shut down for a year, and they had to clean up everything. Right. Right? So they literally, and I think it was the pre-IPO or or right post-IPO, but I, I think pre-IPO was the timing for them, for Channel Advisor. And it was sort of like defer it, defer it, defer it, defer it, mm-hmm. and, and just then you have to pay it. Did Mark come back and say, I told you so? I, he was gone. He was gone, right? He was doing, and he was... I mean, Mark was one of the founding developers. Mm-hmm. So Mark was well-respected, mm-hmm. uh, well-trusted, but no one wanted... I mean, he was he was... Effect- so his, we have to abstract, was he trusted in general right. yeah. versus was, you know, was his message received? Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I just think... I mean, I think you have to have a crucial conversation. You have to come with some sort of plan or strategy, but I think it's sort of like put up or shut up, and you have to be willing to say "I told you so," or you have to be willing to say or right. walk with your feet. Yeah. One thing that I've been coaching people on is that it's very rare that you're going to have that crucial conversation with that leader, executive, whoever it is, and they're going to walk away out of that one hour discussion and say, "Okay, cool, got it. Let's change directions." Right? It's a. It's not. It's not going to happen in an hour. You're going to have to spend time and be patient to get people there. But at some point, you've got to decide we're not getting there. We're not progressing in the ways we need to progress along this discussion to make the changes that we need to make. Can I switch? I, it's, not a, it's not an alternative, but I was just sitting here thinking. Uh, I think there's two opportunities. One is when you're joining the company. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Is this wonderful opportunity? I think you have to test the landscape of are they going to trust me, mm-hmm. and are they going to give me the space to make? Yeah, because you can play that new guy card, right? Like, so well, there's the new I don't guy. Really know what I'm talking about, or there's the really hard guy card. Like if you're getting promoted in a role, then I think that's an opportunity to have that mm-hmm. conversation. Or if you're in a role and you're stuck with a mess. I think it's like pull the CEO or pull the pull whoever whoever's out out of the building uh, at an offsite at a bar or whatever it takes and really have an honest conversation and say we have we have a piece of crap here yeah right we have a piece of crap I I know it's not I I know it's not the best op you know it's not the timing is wrong or whatever the timing is never right right exactly right it's like a foundation on your house mm-hmm. your foundation is cracked it's slipping. I don't think you come in and buy time for four years, right? The house is going to freaking fall down. Mm-hmm. It's it's emergency intervention time. So I, I think you almost have to, when you're a newbie, you can explore that uh, in the interview and see if they're willing. I guess what I'm saying is see if they're willing to give you that mm-hmm. on, on entry. Yeah. Or if you're being promoted, see if they're willing to negotiate that on entry. And then you can pivot away from that. Okay, well, then I, I can see you're not serious. Thank you very much. Right. Uh, but it's that same conversation inside. Am I am I over trivializing it? Do you think? Um, I think you are only because it feels like I am. I, you have the confidence and the weight to come in and drive those things to happen. What the hell was that? You you, you, you just... called me a heavy hitter. Oh. <laughs> no, actually, a a big gun or a heavy gun. <laughs> Something like that. So I think you had to get back at me. Oh. No, I it, no, no. It wasn't a jab. It was when 
people hire Bob for a reason. You yeah, don't but, but, hire Bob when you're in a good spot. Yeah, but you know, I think everyone has to be a heavy hitter, Josh. I get that, but people have to understand how to become a heavy hitter. So right? I think so. I, that's what I'm trying to get to. So I'm trying to get that person that's out there. This is their first time in a role like this, and they're talking to the people that they report to or whatever the structure is, and they're banging their head on the wall saying, I can't get them to understand that we're on a very fragile foundation. What are the things, what are the nuggets we can give them besides go have a difficult talk that enables them to be successful in that discussion? And what I'm trying to say is, I think, Mark, I don't think there is an alternative. You don't think there is magic. It's just I don't think there's magic. I think you have to grab them and have that conversation. Right. Or ignore that conversation. Right. And I think the having of that conversation, maybe over a series of conversations, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just one. Yeah. But really look them in the eye and really provide some data. But no one, I'll, I'll use Channel Advisor as an mm-hmm. example, right? They needed to be shook. Right. We were, we had all this business dynamics, but we were building it on crap. Right. And, and it was increasing. I mean, we had, we used the language, we used technical debt, we used all this language. They weren't buying it. And I think at some fundamental level, you got to get their attention. Yeah. And maybe that's even pivoting and leaving is getting their attention. Yeah. Or making the decision of, am, am I going to stay here as a leader? The other thing is, am I going to stay, you know, do I, how do I feel about staying here and leading an organization based on crappy code? Mm-hmm. And that may be okay. So, but I, I think it's, I think it's, a, there's no magic. Yeah. There's no, there's no magic. These people, folks don't want to hear this. No one yeah, so, wants, no so, one wants to hear it. So the thing that I always say whenever I come into a role is, Again, you don't hire somebody like Bob or myself when things are peachy, when you've got this fantastic architecture and your team's rocking and rolling and the you're beating customers away because you can't sell it any faster, right? So you and I get called in when something's wrong. Oftentimes, it's driven by architectural decisions that were made years ago or weren't allowed to be made years ago that now people are struggling with and how do we get this thing to market? What do we, there's a million reasons. One of the things that I use is, okay, they're willing to invest in someone like me or Bob to come in and help. So that's step one. They've recognized that there's a problem. Now they've brought in an expert to come and say, okay, what do we do now? So then it gets down to where we're meeting the road. And this is where I always come back to, well, why, why did you hire me then? Like, why are you paying me? That's what I'm, if you're not going to let me address what you've hired me to come in and do. I mean, I remember when I hired Mary Thorne at iContact and we were working on an automation framework. Uh, I think it was Selenium based or something or, or it was whatever it was, uh, fitness based or, but it was the wrong framework. And it was taking us forever to build it out. Mm-hmm. And Mary came in, and Mary was not. I, I mean, Mary was solid. I just I didn't know her. Mm-hmm. So this was ten years ago, and she had a good reputation, and she did really well in the interview. But I didn't. I don't consider her, a, you know, Bob Galen or Josh Anderson domain expert. Mm-hmm. She wasn't. She was just. She was a director of our QA team. But when I hire someone. I have to freaking trust them, mm-hmm. right? So, so she told me that the framework sucked, and we had wasted our time, right? And that was a message that I didn't want to hear, mm-hmm. and I could have pivoted on that and said, "Screw that! We're gonna we're gonna ride this sucker." Right? I mean, it was working, it was working, but it was the wrong thing. So, mm-hmm. I think I, I what I'm saying is, I think we have to, you know, it's not world. I mean, world class maybe helps, 
but it's when you're interviewing or have this compelling conversation and say, you hired me to do a job. Right. In my professional estimation, we've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, go, go take a week to calm down. I know this is, com- I know this comes, yeah. this is a catastrophic <laughs> revelation, but we have to, we have to do something different. And I, the good news is I can help you mm-hmm. and I can put a plan together and we can work on this, but you have to accept this and you have to trust me on this or not. Yeah. Right, but but we have a problem if you don't trust me because then you're not empowering me to do my job. And I remember trusting Mary, and and there was a but Mary sh- came with an alternative solution. Well, no, nah, it was it was fluffy. It was not okay. what I wanted to hear. Okay, okay, okay. Waterfall Bob could have shot her down <laughs> in a minute. Actually, even Agile Waterfall Bob, it was not a good message, Josh. I'm using right. it's not what I wanted to hear. Right, it was very inconvenient. It said I've wasted my time. I have not made we we not I. But I was not, it was not a happy thing. But I centered on, it's Mary's job. Right. I centered on, I've got to empower her. Right. Or, or I mean, I hired her to do this job and mm-hmm. she has, and she's closer to it than me. Yeah. The thing that I've learned is that in leadership roles, you're really constantly bombarded with problems. Yeah. Like, People don't come to you with good news very often. Like, hey, Bob, this just happened. It's fantastic. Right. It's, hey, Bob, we got a problem. What do you think? Where do we go? What do we do? And the best thing that I've tried to do, uh, having been helping people in those positions or being in that position myself, is like, okay, what do you think we should do? Right? Like, you need to come with something. Now, you can't she, just she, be in a complaining right. mode. She came right. with something. Right. I think what I'm poking at is these aren't small things. Right. Right. And if it was so, small, it would already be done. Yeah. If it was easy, it would be done. These are freaking huge yeah. bears that, that, so you sort of, that's where I go to trust. I go to the role mm-hmm. and trust. But yes, you have to come with a plan or an idea. Yes, you need to come with some enthusiasm. Right. Right. Um, and, and sort of positive, like a positive game plan. But I, I think it's just a lot of leaders are just, they deflect because mm-hmm. it's such a big issue. And it's going to impact our game plan. It's going mm-hmm. to impact our revenue. I mean, look at start. It, it affects every startups. Mm-hmm. It's like, my gosh, right? We've been working really lean for a year. Right. And suddenly you're telling me that most of what we build is not sort of relevant right. or not supportable or not maintainable or doesn't scale very well. So, so I think part of the problem is that initial investment is misinformed in some way. Well, come back to courage for a second. I, okay. I want to come back. I still don't I – th- I think folks are shot down too easily. Mark, Mark just took no. Right. And I think that's the message I've been trying to send is that some of the people I've been talking to – is that they expect, hey, I'm going to go have a conversation with my CEO or it's whatever. It's going to be easy. And it's going to be easy, and I'm going to walk out of that lunch or that those drinks, and they're going to be on my side. And, and, and when they're not, yeah. and, and then they don't go back. And, and then they, I think another mistake is trying to provide so much data, right? And data can be refuted. You know this, mm-hmm. right? Lines of code, designs can be refuted. Right. So it's also, it is a trust me call. But it's a long-term, I think it's a perseverance mm-hmm. challenge. I think it's a, a communication challenge. I think it's, you know, bring solutions challenge. Right. But it's also a, I think ultimately it's a courage and a perseverance play. Yeah, to me it's the perseverance play. Like that. that's where I've, air quote, won a lot is I just have a willingness 
to keep banging my head against that's what that I'm wall. Saying. Like I just and, I, and, like, and Mary, like I know this is the answer. I'm just gonna until my head is bloodied and I get a crack in that wall. I'm just gonna keep ramming my head. And, in this and Mary wall. had to do some of that with me, and it wasn't distrust on my part. It was just it's just not the freaking answer I wanted. Right? right. We just invested nine months and like f- three to four to five people for nine months were invested in this freaking framework. Mm-hmm. And and the news is throw it out and let's pivot and do something else. Basically, mm-hmm. I'm exaggerating a little bit, yeah. but that's 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 a that's a really hard. But thing every to one of these decisions is going to be in that same vein. Yeah, it's never a happy conversation. No, it's never no, what you want to hear. No, not at all, not at all. But she persevered, right? Like, and you know, Mary, mm-hmm. right? She perseveres, yeah, yeah. right? So that was part of it. And I I got to trust. Mm-hmm. I got to listen. Uh, I mean, I got over that hump uh, pretty quickly, uh, but again, it's not a happy moment. So the other thing with the perseverance is don't, you know, don't expect the boss to sort of be in this happy place mm-hmm. o- over the change, right. o- or to get to a happy place in a week or so. Yeah, I was never happy until the entire thing was replaced. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was like a constant reminder that we'd screwed the pooch, right? And we were compromising other things. I had to reinvest. It wasn't my plan. Mm-hmm. I'm investing. I thought we were close to being done. Right. Right. And we're not. So there's investment challenges, et cetera. So I think it's sort of this, I hope I'm communicating it well. Don't ex- just expect a partnership, but it's going to be frustrating for both sides yeah. along the way. And to me, you have to really believe it at your core. Like those things that I will ram my head against the wall with forever. Yeah. If I have to, I only do it because I really really believe this is the right thing. And it's I I won't compromise myself by just walking away from that wall. Having said, well, it's not going to happen. Right. Or like I just unless I get to the point like you talked about a while back where okay, it's not worth me doing this. Like right. I I'm, I'm just getting a bloody forehead right. Right. and the walls like getting stronger right you know so there comes a point where you realize that investment of your time and energy isn't going to get returned so go provide that energy and investment somewhere else to somewhere where the return is greater but you have to really believe in it because it's not going to be easy it's going to be hard you're going to get pushback it's going to take time it's going to take longer than you want and those are all things that unless you really believe it's the right thing to do right you'll bail right the other thing, it, it does go back to, I think, having a game plan or a solution. I do think that, you know, I was pushing on, well, you don't need a Bob or a Josh. I, I do think whoever, you need to make sure that you have the technical competence mm-hmm. to do the job. So it's not just enthusiasm and it's not just the strategy or game plan. Some people think they they are stronger than they are. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is then ask for help or whatever. Like, right. like gather troops or gather forces or or be open-minded to know what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are Mm -hmm. a lot of times bosses they can smell weakness they can smell someone who's saying something but they don't have the skills to back it up i hope i'm making no i get it yeah right and and so and you may not even be self-aware so i i think part of it is really sort of self-analysis like Mary, Mary had the Mary had the skills. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the framework itself, but I knew that she had the leadership skills to to guide that path. Right. I had a hundred percent confidence in that, um, and she and she brought that thoughtful plan. I think in in technical refactorings. I mean, so from a 
a boss's perspective, you you could inevitably end up in exactly the same place you are. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like the the person that promised you, so the person you connected with that got that dug the hole that you're in now at one point said the same things that the person now is saying. I mm-hmm. hope I'm right. Yeah. And and and, and that's the so that's I, the and fear I got, that I hear a lot. Yeah. How do I know I'm not just exchanging one problem for another? Exactly. So, and I, I think part part of maybe this is a tactic is don't come alone. Uh, go go hire a Josh mm-hmm. part time. Go uh, get a technical consultant. Right. Do do your do your research. Make sure you understand like where the the risks are, et cetera, right. and really be self aware that oh, I'm a front end person. I don't have back end expertise. I need to. I need to. And we don't have that skill set in house. That's right. why. So it's not just a, so make sure that part of your plan, like you don't, right, you, you do diligence and, mm-hmm. and, and talk about that. I think another part of it with it is, is reflect, not whining, not slamming the past, but talking very intelligently about, you know, our core problem was back end expertise. That's what dug us to where we are now. Right. This is what I'm, so it's not just the design approach or strategy. Very often it's a people problem. Very often you probably, mm-hmm. I bet you see this. Mm-hmm. It's not technology that got us where no, we're at. Technology it's, is never the problem. It's the people that got us where we are. So what are we going to do to address that? Mm-hmm. Like the same team, if if we don't address anything in the team, but we talk about a refactoring effort, well, what's going to con- what's going to make us sort of get into a different place? Right. Yeah. To me, it's patience. This is something you kept preaching to me like a decade ago, right? When we were together at Teradata and I wanted things that I couldn't understand why people couldn't see what I was seeing and why we were continuing to invest the way we used to and, and why we weren't making the changes that I knew we needed to make to ensure we were in a better place right. in the future. And you were having this discussion with me 10 years ago, trying to get me to understand everything that needed to get done to, to, to change, to do a 180. Cause that's, yep. that's, essentially what you're asking people to do of, Hey, we spent this money. Yep. We spend a million dollars. Yep. We're going to throw that money away. Yep. So we're going to go back to zero and yep. we're going to invest maybe 1.5 million. So yep. you're asking me to throw away a million yep. and invest another million and a half. I know that's it's tough. It's yep. that's hard yep. to, to understand, but oftentimes people in these positions don't understand the cost of what you're proposing. Right. So you have to explain that, this is a better approach and here's why and being patient with it and doing the due diligence and being patient with yourself before you jump in and have that discussion when you're not prepared. Another thought that comes to mind is also showing the cost. Very often the cost of refactoring isn't clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's another aspect and this is something you can show. I remember it, I, you know, at eye contact and it and uh, channel advisor like bug fixing takes longer, testing takes longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, expertise of the team ero- is eroded in these areas. There's only you know out of a hundred people, there's only two people that want to touch that area of the code, right? Etc. Which limits our ability to actually attack that code. Mm-hmm. Or if it's if it's refactoring in a particular area that that runs like forty percent of your revenue or fifty percent of your revenue runs through this this application or this portal, then you can sort of you can translate the cost that it's having. Uh, and I think if you can articulate it, that not just the pain, but art narrow in on the pain, right. that might be more helpful, right? Well, and just even simple things like okay, let's take 
the stats. Let's do a pie graph yeah. of what type of work we do in a sprint. That was one of the things that convinced me to come on board here was they had those stats and they were showing, hey, listen, we're spending this much on bugs and yeah. here's our intent yeah. to solve that problem, yeah. to reduce the amount of time we are spending on bugs. So here's the investment that we're making. I was like, oh, okay, these guys have their stuff together. It's going to be one of those things where I'm not going to have to pound my head against that wall exactly. forever. So exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. Let's do this. We can make this happen. Um, so it's just simple stuff of but just I think educating. That, but I think if I was to, if I meant, for me, it's an umbrella of things like these tactics we're talking yeah. about. But at the center, the sort of the handle of the umbrella, I'm thinking is this courageous conversation yeah. and persistence. Yep. What do you think? I, there there is a, no way because it's, it's, um, you know, we keep going back to, it's a difficult conversation to have yeah. and to hear as the leader, right? You and I have been on both sides of the table. Yep. We have been the one providing the yep. bad news and then ones receiving the bad news and having to figure out, holy crap, what are we going to do? Right. So that that's understanding. I think we have the unique spot of having been on both sides that yep. we understand everything goes along with it. And again, the, the, the key thing is that that leader that you're coming to talk to, they're, they're spending all day, with people coming to them with problems. That's just, that's, that's the role. So now come to them with, okay, here's this problem. Here's how I'm going to navigate us out of it and go. Can I say something? I, I think we're using, and we have been on both sides. I think we're using ourselves. Um, I think we're pretty good leaders and that's mm -hmm. not an ego thing. So part of like when you entered this discussion, it is tough out there for people mm -hmm. I think a part of it is most leaders don't go, they don't listen, they hear what they want to hear, uh, and they sort of, you know, just, it's all rebuttal. It's, mm -hmm. all, it's all just pushback. Mm -hmm. And so, because it's a scary decision to make, right? And trusting is really hard. Mm -hmm. And they'd rather just, you know, sort of shove it under the rug. I mean, human nature is like that. Right. Right. Like, can we, can we just defer the, mm -hmm. that's part of the logic here. Defer, 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 defer. Right. So... I think you and I are not the norm. So I think there's this do what we've been saying, but be prepared that you're going to be deferred a lot. Yeah. And, and, the, the and, then, and then at some point it goes back to your analogy of what butting your head against a wall. It's like it may be a pivot decision. Maybe this is not the right place for you or not. I'm wondering because there's a lot of leaders that just don't listen and don't trust and they can't sort of, they can't bridge that gap. And it's very hard when it's, not inside of your realm. Yeah. So you're a technical person working with a CEO that's maybe never written a line of code, doesn't understand how things work, doesn't really understand technical debt. They've heard the term. They don't really, they don't really get it. They don't yep. know what good architecture looks yep. like or bad architecture looks yep. like. So now you're coming in and telling them, Hey, this thing you don't really understand, we got to throw it away and build a new thing. And so that's that, that's that, oh crap moment. What do I do? I don't know. This is scary. I'll just defer. So you've had some recent experiences with that, like different leaders you reported to in, di in different companies. Yeah. Different companies right? I worked for in the past and, and, and had that there's issue. There's a translation challenge. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree with that. Um, so again, have we helped the premise that I, we entered with? To me, I, we got there, right? Because again, you and I, I feel like you were thinking in that frame of mind of it just makes sense in your brain. Right, just go have a conversation and shut up. 
Right, it's over. And, right. and, and your boss will trust you. Yeah. yeah you're right, right. Have they, the conversation. They, they're they're they will trust Bob. Yeah. Right? Because of your point, if you're not going to, yeah. then I'm freaking out. And then I'm out of here, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So, so it's a very, yeah. okay, so you're right. That was a skewed. I am thinking about that person that's been in a role for three years, and they're just not seeing the traction, and they're yeah. unsure what to do. Do I stay here? Do I go? How do I convince this leader or leaders that we really need to make this foundational change. Cause if we don't make this foundational change, is this the right thing for me? So what, what can they do to try and get them to understand and to listen? So key things for Metacasters, every time you're entering an engagement, whether it's a promotion opportunity or it's a new opportunity, test the waters, mm-hmm. test the trustometer and see if they'll go, what, 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 what would happen if I find out we have some refactoring? Are you going to trust me to make some of these decisions and just do some situational interviewing on your own? Right. So that's, that's a takeaway. Yeah. Um, I think the other part, another p- aspect of it is some part of these crucial conversations is have the, I'm willing to, I'm willing to walk. Yeah. So instead of walking, like batting your head, have that final crucial conversation that says, Josh, I, I've been talking to you about, technical debt for three years mm-hmm. and it's just killing us. I've given you data, et cetera. I am willing to walk over this. This is the number one factor. I like my job. I like my team, but I don't, we cannot survive as an entity, right? My team, I can't lead my team on these crappy, this crappy framework. And at the same time, we're not, we're not serving our customers well. Right. So, so the prime reason, so I'm going to walk if we don't do something, can you, can you partner with me? But almost leverage the technical debt as the prime direct, you know, the prime reason that I'm mm-hmm. leaving and have that conversation. Right. So not just pivot and leave, but maybe have, you know, sort of have, have you know, give them the ultimatum. Right. Well, but what do you think about that? Um, I think that's scary when you're not, where you and I are, right? Like you and I, we can go and get. Well, if you want to fix it, you're right. Yeah. Or you just, or you just, that's a scary proposition. But I think you can frame it in the same way of, listen, I, I'm not sure how much longer I can handle accepting this reality that we're not actually. And that's a softer, but but an equally honest way of saying, look, it's not, I'm doing my best, but it's just an incongruent. We have an incongruent balance in what we're doing. I can't even hire. I mean, you could even bring up the evidence of people leaving. I've seen mm-hmm. I've, I've people yeah. leave teams. I've seen that, yeah. Because we're not investing in the product. Right. Right? It's technology. It's it's not just crufty old code. What code? What about technology? We have aging technology and mm-hmm. we're adverse to trying to replace any of our technology components. So that's part of it as well. Right. Yep. I feel pretty good, Bob. Okay. Yeah, it was a good. This was a good sort of discussion. I think. I, I wish I wouldn't. I, I hope Metacasters. I didn't trivialize it too much, but I, I do think it's. It's. Gosh darn it! It's these hard conversations and getting over the fear, trust, invest loop. Mm-hmm. Um, the other final thing is when you have your plans, making it always make it an incremental plan. We've talked about this yeah. before. Yeah. So big bang refactorings don't work, mm-hmm. right? Never, ever, ever work. So whatever you do, you know, you slice it, like create a plan for how do we survive? How do we generate revenue? I think you did this. It's, you were talking about this at step leader. No, where was it? Um, Broadvine. Broadvine. Yeah. Right. It's like, you can't, it, even if you have the crappiest thing on the planet, it's like, how do we duct tape this? Here's yeah. a, you know, it's a duct tape strategy and then a replace strategy. You have, yeah. You, I mean, when I got there, they had this whole plan to build the new two, 2.0 thing. I was yeah. like, wait a minute. 
we can't even onboard a customer. Exactly. <laughs> We're worried about the wrong thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's got to be a, the ultimate strategy is a twofold strategy of how do we maintain revenue, but at the same time, how do we get to where we need to be? Yeah. All right, cool. Sounds stick good. Stick a fork in it? I think we can stick a big old fork in it. So from beautiful downtown Raleigh, Raleigh yeah, North Carolina, Raleigh. I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And big. Take care, y'all.